Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. I'm happy to be here today for another Anxiety Slayer session and an interview with Rini Jane, who is an amazing lady. I'm so glad that we found her. Rini is a tech entrepreneur turned positive psychology practitioner, best-selling author, and life coach. Rini Jane holds a Master's of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and specializes in teaching tweens and teens how to relieve anxiety, boost resilience, and increase well-being. Rini has personally coached over 5,000 people on how to effectively integrate the science of resilience into their lives. Rini's programs can be found online at GoStrengths.com and at GoZen.com. Welcome, Rini. I'm so glad you're here with us today for the Slayer session. Shan, I am so excited to be here, and thank you for such a kind introduction. When you were saying all that, I'm like, who is she talking about? Oh, that's me. (laughs) Thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's important that people know where we come from and how we end up where we are and, and sharing all of this yummy goodness that you do have to share. What I'd like to ask you first is just to fill our listeners in about who you are and give us a little bit more information about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. So now, like you said, um, all of us have a story. We all have a, a background and a reason that we are doing what we are doing. And I feel like what I'm doing right now as a life coach and teaching tweens and teens how to relieve their anxiety really stems from my own background and stems from my childhood. So I come from a really loving, tight-knit family. But you know, Sham, like any family, we had our challenges. And in mine, there were a lot of anxiety sufferers. So I saw the effects of anxiety firsthand growing up. And I was very familiar with what happens to kids when they have panic attacks and social anxiety. And if you would have asked me, you know, growing up about anxiety, I would have rattled off all the effects of anxiety like I was an expert. But, you know, I didn't actually suffer from it myself until I was in my early 20s. I went through a rocky divorce, and I started suffering from panic attacks. And, oh, my It is one of the worst feelings on earth. And I thought to myself, no one, especially a child, should ever have to endure this. So I was sort of entrenched in this promising technology career, and uh, I started hearing that inner voice. You know, uh, Sham, that inner voice that doesn't go away Uh (laughs) until you answer it, hugging at you. Uh, So... The voice was saying to me, listen, you're finding really good ways of coping with your panic attacks and your anxiety, and you should try to help other people. So I, I left my career one day. It was just, you know, I up and left, and I, I decided to become a life coach. And it was probably the best decision of my life. So I went back to school. You know, I got a, a master's in psychology, and I started creating programs to help kids and parents really increase their well-being. And so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Mm, I am so glad that you listened to that voice 
and that you took action and have done what you've done so far and created. You know, you took the time, made the investment, and brought yourself up to speed in the best way you possibly could to support others and to support families. And what could possibly be more important than making sure that our kids have a healthy way to address anxiety and that the families understand what's going on. So I really tip my hat to you for the work that you're doing. When I first visited Gozen.com, I was just blown away. What a great resource and something that I'll absolutely use for my daughter and I'm sure that we'll refer to quite often with Anxiety Slayer as Ananga and I do more to reach out to children and families. So I'm just really jazzed that you're here and would love for you to tell me more about Gozen and tell me more about the animations and just anything that you can or want to share. Uh, we'd love to hear. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, it's, it's funny, in dealing with one-on-one clients through my coaching practice, I learned a lot, and one of the things I really learned is that more than just straight coping techniques, hearing and telling stories really helps people. You know, and Shan, if you think about it, I mean, we we think in stories, we talk in stories, so I wanted to take a lot of the tried and true techniques that we have to deal with anxiety and create stories for kids, animated stories. And that's what Gozen is about. It's a program using animated characters that kids can relate to and parents can use as tools to teach their kids really how to relieve worry. And I think, you know, one of the greatest things is in getting feedback from kids, a lot of times they gravitate toward one character and they say, you know what? I'm like Nellie, like she's me, you know? Uh-huh. And so it's, you're not force feeding a lot of times the information to the kids because they're engaged in the animation and they're learning at the same time. So that's really kind of how it came about, the idea of let's teach through stories, you know, and something that kids and adults can have fun with. And what is the age range for Gozen as far as the children that would, would use the site and use it as a resource? Yeah, that's a great question. So we had a target age range, and we were saying, you know, that target range is going to be between ages 8 and 14. But what we've seen in use now is that it it works for kids who are a little bit younger, so they get really engaged at, like, age 6. And we've used it in schools all the way up through senior year in high school. And surprisingly, even though the kids in the animations look like they're in about middle school, the older kids are pretty forgiving. They they like the information. And so, you know, while I would say the sweet spot really is middle school age, it really ranges. Okay, great. So just perfect for Ananga's daughter and for mine. We'll have them do some sampling and, you know, do some behind-the-scenes uh, sampling, and we'll give you some feedback from their experience as well if you'd like it. Oh, we would love the feedback. The proof's always in the pudding from the kids, right? The parents sure. can think it's as great as they think it is, but, you know, kids are extremely honest. Yeah. They're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you talk about one big myth that we operate under, something that you believe is contributing to the epidemic of anxiety disorders. I'd love for you to tell us about that myth. Yes, the myth. Okay, so, Shan, this is going to sound very basic, but I think it's a pervasive belief 
that has had, you know, a profound impact on what's going on in our society with anxiety and depression. And here it is. I think the myth is that the absence of something wrong with our kids means something is right. Okay, so in other words, the absence of disease equates to well-being. So I really think that, you know, for the last, I would say, 50 years or so, our society has become really focused on disease because we've become so good at diagnosing it. So what we do is we look out for the bad stuff and we try to fix it, right? So with our kids, we look out for trouble. Um, We look out for behavioral trouble. We look out for any disorders, and we try to resolve that trouble. And if our kids aren't in trouble, then we think, hey, they're good to go. And the research shows us this isn't, in fact, the case. So getting rid of all the bad stuff in our life doesn't equate to increasing the good stuff. And how this relates to anxiety and childhood anxiety is really when a child is suffering from anxiety, we, quote, look to fix what's going wrong. You know, the panic attacks, the social phobias, the general worrying, right? I mean, that's natural. You don't want your children to go through that. Right. But so what I'm saying is, and what we do in GoZen, is we try to attack the problem from another way or another, we look at it from another angle. So I'm not saying ignore what's going wrong, but we can actually play on our children's strengths and we can improve what's going right. So that is, that's kind of the philosophy that we operate under. Sure, let's, you know, let's reduce what's going wrong, but let's also increase what is going right. Oh, I believe that. And that is exactly how my husband and I are raising our daughter. No, no question that's, about it. I mean, we have to amazing. we have to support their strengths. I mean, certainly we're learning as we go. There was certainly no magical manual when we had our daughter, but to be able to support her strengths and to meet her where she's at. For example, last night she came home and she had a pretty tough day at school. She's in seventh grade, middle school, just the first month into school. Uh, she's very artistic, very musical not very physically active as far as um, sporting is concerned. She does ride horse, but she's not into team sports, more of an individual um, in just about everything she chooses to do. And um, she came home and let us know that she had a situation come up at school in gym class where these girls were really giving her a hard time and not treating her very well because she wasn't doing very well playing volleyball. And, um, Anyway, she was a bit stressed about it and and decided that it was not acceptable the way she was being treated, and she removed herself from the game and let her gym teacher know that she was not going to be treated disrespect- with disrespect. <laughs> I mean, and she was upset. She said, Mom, I was really mad, and, and I said some things that I'm not really happy for, but... Um, but I really don't like those girls and, and how they treat people. And anyway, so she went and talked to the guidance counselor and the counselor helped her look through some animated cards to tell her how she felt. And, um, and she came home and she offered that up to us. We would have never known that that happened, but we talk about, you know, we talk about the day 
And, and then she just wanted us to know how she handled it and what happened. And anyway, it was just, it was pretty cool. And I think about the stress of a gym class, if you're not an athlete, the stress of, you know, any class that you might not have a gift for, uh, and, and what that does to our kids if, if they're not able to talk about it. I was trying to, it's funny in that story, I'm thinking back, of course, you start connecting it to your own life. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I think your daughter has incredible emotional awareness. Uh, I think that's a gift, you know, and mm. I also think it's something that you can learn, but for her to have it at such a young age is amazing. I was trying to explain to a cousin of mine who lives overseas what it's like growing up here and going to school here, and I was giving him the example of Jim. Mm-hmm. He said, listen, there's, it's the, the microcosm of social pressure can be explained in an American middle school gym class where you have to split up into two teams, you know, and there are two team captains and they pick teams and you're always waiting to be picked, you know, and then those last few, it can really, it can destroy you. I mean, yeah. I know kids who remember those incidents, they're scarred for life. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's not easy to navigate, and it's amazing that she came home and told you about it. I mean, that's just, uh, I think it's something that should be celebrated, you know? And she might not, maybe she doesn't even know what she did is amazing. You know, she knew afterwards because we let her know that we were really, that we, you know, agreed with the way that she handled everything, that we might have made some different choices in how we expressed ourselves to the gym teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact of the matter is she took herself out of the situation. And I think, you know, not that she's always going to be able to do that, but boy, I'll tell you more than not, if she can, good for her. Good for her. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I know that, we, you know, we hear all kinds of stories and Ananga and I hear them every day as well, that the anxiety rates in kids is going up and their stress levels are increasing and, I've got to think that you see this trend in your work. What what do you think is going on with kids today? Yeah, you know, I mean, it is the statistics that you read about are really they seem unbelievable. It's one in eight kids suffers from some sort of anxiety disorder, and then it's you know closely related cousin. One in five children go through a major episode of depression by the time they're eighteen. And these numbers are on the rise, which is kind of a paradox, because if you think about it, you know, over the last 40 or 50 years or so, we've had incredible progress. You know, medically, we're doing better. We've had breakthroughs in technology. Um, Quality of life is better. Cost of living is lower. And so why are things getting better? Things, quote unquote. Right. people, our children seem to be getting worse. Like what, what's the paradox about? You know, I mean, I absolutely see it. Some of it's test pressure. Absolutely. Um, some of it's, you know, a sign of the dismal economic times and kids are taking on pressures of, of their parents because uh-huh. they can't avoid hearing about it at home. Um, but I, you know, of course, this is just theory, but I really believe a lot of it again goes back to this focus on disease and maybe not enough focus on wellness. And so I think what the hope is, is that you've probably seen this in your work, Shan, 
that there's a shift. You know, people are looking, there's been a shift in consciousness, and people are looking for a different way to raise their kids. You know, uh-huh. they're not accepting this anymore. It's not acceptable to have one in eight of our kids suffer from anxiety. We need to find solutions to these problems, and I think people are looking more from going, again, from fixing to let's boost what's going right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so, you know, and, and I'm going to say something that's probably a little bit radical. I actually think that some of it is, while there's a lot of genetics and biology involved, of course, some of this is preventable. If we're able to teach these coping skills and resilience skills to kids at an early age, uh-huh. before they face their first adversity, first big adversity, right? right. If they have those skills in advance, it can prevent a lot of these problems. I agree. And I'll tell you, Rini, I'm seeing it in action with my own daughter because of the conversations that we're having with her. There's no question. We've been talking about self-respect and and what is acceptable and what is not and those kinds of things so that we knew middle school wasn't going to be all uh, puppy dogs and roses. And it's just the beginning. And so now... She knows that if somebody is taunting her to the degree that it's getting her really, really sad, how to tune them out, how to get herself out of the situation, what it is she might need to do in order to find some support, those kinds of things. They don't have to face that stuff alone. And if, they, and if they're prepared going in, they're going to be that much better off. Absolutely. And I think you probably see, I don't know if it's happening in your daughter's school right now, but there's a resurgence of life skills courses, of character education courses, of, of course, you know, the anti-bullying or the bullying prevention uh-huh, courses. Uh-huh. These things are super important. And I know that there are probably a lot of parents who are like, listen, those are the things that kids should learn at home. The kids are in school how many hours of the day, you know, and how many months of the year. Right. And this is where they apply their life skills. It's right. in those gym classes where your daughter was there and, you know, her mom and dad aren't there to help out. It's there where that stuff gets applied. So I really think that things are looking hopeful. I think that a shift is happening, you know, in, in both consciousness and what's happening practically. So I think it's really it's exciting and hopeful. I, I agree with you and, and will continue to support and share as much information as, as we possibly can through Anxiety Slayer. And I know you will through your programs as well. Speaking of programs, I I know that your programs are based on the science of positive psychology, but for our listeners that aren't familiar with that, can you tell us a little bit more? Yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking, (laughs) because first I want to make sure that it is not to be confused with positive thinking. It's kind of a, a difficult name, but positive psychology is a field of psychology that emerged about a decade ago. And the reason um, for its emergence is really, it was really to balance out traditional psychology. So in traditional psychology, you know, the question is, what's wrong with you and how can we remedy what's going wrong with you? Uh In positive psychology, we don't abandon that approach. We just add to it Uh and we ask what's right with you and how can we boost that? So it's, it's really the study of human strengths and virtues, and it's the scientific study of it. So it uses the same scientific rigor that we use to study depression or anxiety. We use to study strengths. 
So, um, you know, it's it's really exciting. It's a booming field because there are a lot of researchers who I think are probably tired of studying disease who've come on board onto positive psychology. And so some of the research is showing things like kids who identify and use their strengths, um, that's associated with getting better grades, better behavior in school, greater life satisfaction. And, you know, I think uh, one thing that's really interesting that's coming out of this work is, you know, we always think we want our kids to go to school. We want them to get into a good college, get a good job, get married, because we want them to be happy. You know, uh-huh. we want them to do all those things because at the end of the day, you know, what's the end result? We want them to be happy. Uh-huh. But now we're seeing with the science, um, what we're seeing is that the arrow might go in the other direction. Maybe in order to achieve all of those things, it's necessary to nurture that well-being and happiness first. Happier children do better in school. More optimistic children have better health. You know, they live longer. Uh-huh. They get married more often. Uh-huh. So maybe the arrow goes in the other direction. Maybe it does. So, you know, it's interesting uh, when you were talking about uh, the description of positive psychology, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, we've been doing that all along without knowing even what to label it. <laughs> so <laughs> our, our daughter began her education uh, in a Montessori classroom. And so we, uh, my husband and I, were very mindful of, being sure that we understood what that was all about before we made that choice. And then one of the very best things, and this is going to sound silly, but well, maybe not to you, it won't sound silly, but one of the very best things that we've learned to do with, with our daughter is when she is in uh, a place where uh, of confusion or she might be um, just not herself, or there might be something that's come up is, is to ask her, how do you feel? And what do you need? And that came from Montessori. And I was so grateful for that because that gives, that gives her permission to share where she's at. And then it also says that we trust you to tell us what you need versus trying to put a bandaid on it or, you know, put a bandaid on it or buy you an ice cream or, or glaze over it or avoid it or, you know, (laughs) whatever, whatever else you can do. So I suspect then how do you feel and what do you need would, would fall under that umbrella of it absolutely does i mean i think that that's empathy you know Mm -hmm. that's being able that's saying listen i want to step into your shoes and really understand your perspective and i think it's a capacity that every human has we can all be empathetic but especially with our kids sometimes it's hard to do Uh it's hard to step into their seventh grade shoes it's it's hard for us not to say listen it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been where you are and trust me, you'll forget about it or it's not a big deal. So I think it's, uh, I think it's an amazing technique to be empathetic because sometimes parents are like, well, I don't know how to do that. And, you know, just asking those two questions, how do you feel and what do you need? Yeah. That's that's a great way to do it. Yeah. And even if, and even if they don't know what they need, you've just opened the door for them to come back around to it, you know, and, and to be able to, to move through that emotional transition a little bit easy, you know, in an easier way with a little bit more grace anyway. Absolutely. It's, that's the thing. You've built a bridge to, and you've kept the door open right? so that they don't shut you out either. Right. You know, thinking, thinking in their head, oh, they don't get it. My parents don't get it. 
Right, right. Well, and you have a no one gets it story, don't you? (laughs) I do have a a no one gets it story. I was a no one gets it child. You know, I really thought, um, you know, I was okay growing up. As I said, there was a lot of anxiety in my household, and I kind of watched it. You know, I was an observer, and I went through life, you know, Everything was pretty much okay. I had some friends. I did okay in school. You know, everything was good. But whenever I faced a bump in the road, I was not a resilient child. I would go into my room. I had very, very poor coping techniques. I would listen to, you know, horrible, uh, I think it was Metallica at the time. Mm. I would to Metallica. And I would think in my head over and over again, no one gets it, no one gets it. And it would take me a long time to get over things. And it wasn't until much later in life. I mean, I basically thought, well, this is just me. This is how I was born and this is how I deal with things. I didn't realize that thinking style, the thoughts that go through your head, really affect your actions and your mood and how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I learned that a lot later in life, and I, and I learned that you can change the way you think. You know, that that is something that's actually your thoughts can be in your control. And it's something that we teach in our programs. Um, it's something so basic, again. Right, you right. Know, the things that are, you know, those automated ideas going through your head, you should catch them. Mm-hmm. And you should evaluate them. And oh, I wish yeah. I could go back to little Reenie and say, you know what, people do get it. What you're thinking, it's actually, it's an exaggeration. Yeah. So, Yeah. <laughs> that was me. No one well, gets it. <laughs> thank you. For, thank you for sharing. I, Absolutely. I, really, I appreciate that. And I'm sure you have some tips that you can provide for us um, that may help a parent who has a child who is suffering from anxiety. Yeah, I absolutely, I have some tips, and I think, Shan, that you really, I'm going to build upon what you do with your daughter and asking those questions, how do you feel and what do you need. I think one of the biggest tips that I can give to parents who are dealing with a child that has anxiety is, first of all, a lot of parents who have children that have anxiety, they themselves have anxiety, right, because there's Mm -hmm. a genetic component and there's a learned component. So, So one thing is, is that, we always want to comfort our children, right? So sometimes we comfort them with reassurance. Sometimes when they're really anxious, we comfort them with logic and say, listen, I know you're worried about someone breaking into the house, for example, but I just want to let you know that logically speaking, you know, we live in a really safe neighborhood and it's not going to happen. So sometimes we use logic and sometimes we get angry and frustrated. So my one big tip is when your child is anxious, most of the time they're operating from an emotional state or from their emotional brain. So throw the logic out the door because it's not going to do any good. You know, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. And what you should really try is just a little bit of empathy to build a bridge to your child. So a little bit of, you know, I understand what you're going through. Right. Or how do you feel right now? I can see you're upset. You know, how are you feeling? And it's amazing what these little questions, and you can attest to this, Shan, how it will change the mood, you know, how it will begin to calm your child down. So I think that is, you know, one big tip that I can say is practice empathy because your child wants to know that you get it. That's the biggest thing. Please understand what I'm going through when I'm suffering. Right. Don't blow it off. Don't. 
chalk it up to something you think you understand. Don't, yeah. And, and you see, it's unfortunate when, when you, um, when you step into the kind of awareness where you are empathetic, empathetic most of the time. Um, and then you witness others in, in a social setting or in the grocery store or wherever. Um, it's really, really hard for me to like, not want to just rescue them. <laughs> rescue the child, you know, to say, you know, excuse me one second while you're freaking out at this kid. Can I, you know, can I just have one second? Yeah. Um, you're like, you know, I see you, Shan, with this, um, empathy <laughs> superhero outfit on and it has a big E on the, on the chest. <laughs> you're like, it's the empathy hero here to save the day. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, it's, it's astounding to me that, you know, and I realize a lot of it has to do with education and awareness. And I mean, that's what we're here for to make as many people aware of, of how simple some of these things can be and really make a big difference. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think parents, you know, when I work with parents, they're excited to hear these things. They're like, please give me some tools because Mm -hmm. what I'm doing is not working. Right, right. Yeah. Well, my gosh, our time has just flown right by. Um, I do have one more question for you and then uh, let you get, get on with your day. And that is that I know that your programs are taught in schools. What kind of schools are adopting your programs? And are they teaching the life skills from your programs to all of the kids or just a certain group or, you know, how does that work? Yeah, you know, it is, it's been amazing. Um, We've been blessed and fortunate and I'm just super excited that it's not, there are not particular schools that are adopting these programs. They're in public schools, they're in private schools, they're in charter schools, and they're really, because these are, you know, the uh, the programs that we teach are life skills programs. They're teaching them universally to students. So it's pretty amazing. And I think what the idea is, is that, listen, we don't want to teach these children how to avoid adversity. That's not the point, right? Because right. everyone is going to face challenges in their life. We want to arm them with the skills to be able to face these challenges in their life without falling into downward spirals of negativity. And more than that, we want to teach them, listen, more than surviving, there's a way for you to thrive. Mm -hmm. There's a way for you to find deep meaning and purpose and engagement in your life. So I'm really excited that the schools that are taking this on are both public and private. I think, again, that's a super hopeful, exciting sign. And I think shift, it's a shift, I always say, shift in consciousness. And it's very exciting. Well, it's something that um, well, we'll have to have a conversation outside of this one and find out how I can make my school aware of what, what you're up to and, and maybe bring the program here. Absolutely. Love mm. to have that conversation. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so are they teaching the skills from your programs to all the kids or just a certain, you know, just, just middle schoolers? When a school adopts a program, it's generally for a couple of grade levels. Okay. And so they'll say, listen, we'll roll this out to seventh and eighth grade. And it's not a particular group. It's not, you know, a group of kids who have behavioral problems. It's everyone. Okay. It's like, we're going to teach it universally. Excellent. Yeah. Love and it. So we're, it's 
it's really exciting. And, you know, there's a, um, there's a multiplier effect when you do that because if everyone in the grade is learning it, they talk about it, they talk about it at lunch class, and we have a lot of fun sort of fantasy elements. There's an alien. There are superpowers. You awesome. know, and when you One of the things I talk about is catching your thoughts, and so there's like a magical net that can mm-hmm. catch your thoughts. And, you know, so my heart was warmed when I went to a school and <laughs> someone said, wait, I have to get my pause and catch tool to pause what was going on and catch the thoughts in their head. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, very exciting. Oh, good for you. I'm just... So thrilled that you made time to be with us today and and share more about what you're up to at Gozen with Anxiety Slayer and with our listeners. And I invite everybody to visit Gozen.com and as well as GoStrengths.com. Both sites are amazing. Rini, thank you so much. Oh, Shan, thank you so much. I'm humbled by the work you do, and it was truly an honor to be with you today. Likewise, I feel the same. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Anxiety Slayer. Visit the Slayer store for supportive tools and resources carefully designed to coach you away from stress and anxiety and into a state of relief and relaxation. You can find the Slayer store at anxietyslayer.com.